podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Series 2, Episode 2 of the She Can, She Did podcast. I hope you're all well and having a marvellous week so far. If you're tuning in for the first time, I'm Fee and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did, which, for the sake of this podcast, means that I'm the one asking the questions throughout this chat. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back and thank you a million times over for tuning in once again. Before I introduce the incredible woman that I got to chat to on this recording, and honestly, she really does stand out in my eyes, I should probably add to that little Zero intro there that Zero are offering all she can she did listeners and readers an oh so exclusive code that gives you your first month free with 50% off their accounting software for a further six months so if you're thinking about joining zero or on the hunt for some accounting software to make that dreaded tax return a whole lot less stressful please do feel free to take advantage of that offer by using the code scsd50 all in capitals anyway back to this episode as you all know i have a soft spot for talking about the challenges that each of the female founders that I interview have been through behind the scenes with their businesses. Not because I revel in their misery, but because for me, they're the stories that I remember when I'm battling away behind the scenes with my own challenges with She Can, She Did. As they always remind me that if everyone else can push through the obstacles that running a business can chuck your way sometimes, there's absolutely no reason why I can't too. And for that reason, today's story was particularly inspiring. There's not many people out there that would sell both their car and their home to fund their business but that's exactly what inspirational single mum of one Selma Nichols did to turn her entrepreneurial dream into a successful reality. Why risk it might you ask? Because at the time she felt like she had no choice but oh my gosh has the risk paid off. Inspired by an innocent comment that her young daughter made four years ago Selma went on to found Looks Like Me, the only child talent agency in the UK that is committed to challenging racial stereotypes in advertising that has since worked on national and international campaigns with the likes of both Next and Tesco and has just signed a global partnership with none other than Getty Images. From her candid thoughts on dealing with the pressure and loneliness that can come when you're trying to make an impact on a scale unlike anything you've ever known before, her practical advice on funding, from her initial virgin startup loan to selling her flat, to how she now uses PTSD from an attack that she faced in her early 20s as fire in her belly to fuel her ambition and success going forward. Selma is a woman so worthy of every single bit of success that comes her way in my opinion and I really really hope that you take as much from her story as I did. Let's start from the beginning Um, Selma, can you talk to us about what your business is all about in your own words and where the idea came from? Okay so Looks Like Me is a talent and casting agency. We represent underrepresented talent and we cast for mainstream brands. Um, we also, alongside that, do campaign briefs and we collaborate with different people on that. It came about when my daughter was three and she started to question her identity. She didn't want to have curly hair, afro hair. She didn't want to be brown. She wanted to look like... Elsa and Nana and mm. different TV characters and people in her nursery and look like everybody other than herself and the beautiful women we see on adverts and I just thought to myself okay there is 
something going on here and where is that coming from? I questioned myself first because I'm her parent and am I doing something wrong in this new world of parenthood? Mm. And then I realised that she had lots of access to diverse books and toys and dolls and, you know, so I thought, okay, maybe that's not the problem. And then I showed her a DVD of Annie and that was my childhood film mm. and the new one that's come out with Jamie Foxx yeah. and I had a little black girl with an afro. I still haven't seen that one. It's amazing. I, I it's amazing because it, it's, the film is great and the original for me is the original but this took it to a modern day kind, yeah it flipped it to a different way of looking at the film and looking at children and what they go through and especially foster care so she watched the film but within the first five minutes she said mummy mummy Annie's so beautiful and she looks like me and that was the moment where I realised that this little girl was growing up in a world where she was seeing herself within the home, but outside of the home, on the big screen, in the adverts, in the magazine. She wasn't seeing a representation of herself. Mm. And I went into, I guess, automatic theatre producer role hat on where I'm like, OK, we can't see it, so we're going to create it. Is that what you did beforehand? So I was a theatre producer, Amazing. yeah. Okay. And so I thought to myself, OK, we can't see it, so we're going to be it. That. And that's where it started. And I um, took a year to do research and development because media and advertising is a massive, huge industry. And one that I realised that I need to understand the language, understand my place in that world. I mean, if I haven't got a place, how do I create a place for myself? Mm. So I had this idea, right? And then I realised I had no money. Mm. But I had this idea that could become something really amazing and meaningful to people's lives and meaningful to the industry and have a great impact and then I called a friend and I was like you know I've got this great idea and I know that it's something I've registered the company this was 2015 now so I've registered the company but I don't know where I can take it and I don't know who can help me and my friend was like oh my god you need to google virgin startup I was like why who are they tell me more she's like oh my god they offer loans I said I don't want a loan and then she said why she said because you know then I've got to pay the money back and I may not accept my idea and, and she was like listen it's really straightforward so as she was saying that to me I typed in virgin startup and as she was speaking she said oh my god and you, you do a, a workshop and then you do a three-month process of having an advisor and that advisor will then support you to build your do your business plan and then after that you get a mentor I was like oh my God, amazing did you do it and she said no I was like so how why are you telling me to she said, because I just believe in you and I believe you can get through and, and she had other elements that weren't just right at that time so I did the one one pager that night someone called me from Virgin Startup had a oh conversation God. yeah because they read through your application and they give you a call just to find out a bit more about you and um, we had a great conversation I booked onto the workshop I did the workshop, it transformed my life. I was like, oh my God, I, I started to see how I could formulate this business to something mm. that could become a thing. I can trust that there were other people. There were other people, so there was yeah. about 12 or 15 of us on the course. being around people where you're all in that we're same all in, and Yeah, all in we're all in the same position yeah. of about to launch something brand new mm. and it was men and women and it was it was really great and we were, all our energies were like bouncing off each other and everyone had great interest in different businesses and so 
we did that for the day. That was great. I went away with all these notes and ready to go forth. I spoke to the advisor a few times and then it was the last week before we had to actually hand in that business plan. And so it was the Monday and it had to be on the Friday. So I was like, I'm early, it's done, here you go. <laughs> and I remember my advisor going, Selma, this is amazing, it's fantastic. But it's just aspirational paperwork. And I was like, well, what do you, what do you mean? And she was like, you need to get buy-in from the industry. And I was like, but, but it's Monday, how can I get buy-in from the industry? I got handed on Friday. She was like, figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't put the business plan through until you get that buy-in. And I was like, okay. And I, and I was just devastated thinking, how am I going to get buy-in in five days? I've been doing this plan for three months. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, with the pressure on, I probably phoned every brand in the UK and it was on the Friday and I remember getting through to a brand, it was Next, and they put me through to different departments and then a lady put me through kindly to their casting director. And it's really, un- I guess it's unheard of that people do this, right? Yeah. And so, uh, rewind really quickly. Yeah. Did you go via LinkedIn, the website? No, no. The first went... initial call, how did you get the number? Do you know what? I've got a book at home. Because okay. I've, I've got a pad at home because I used to write everything down. Yeah, yeah. And squiggle it down it's like a drawing. It's so I was interested I, Yeah, so I called, I called head office for next. Yeah. They put me through to another department that put me through to another yeah, department yeah, yeah. that said hold the line went to another department yeah. the, the lady that I spoke to was in the production team she listened to me and she said you know what I'm going to put you through to our casting director if she likes your kids I will see your kids yeah. okay she put me through to the casting director and the casting director was like Selma we have lots of amazing diverse children from great agencies let me know now what makes you so different and I was like, okay. <laughs> so this was my 62nd of like, you know. Did you start sweating? I was sweating. <laughs> I had to compose myself because when I get really excited or really nervous, I start to stutter. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say? And so I was like, we are a diverse and inclusive agency from management down to our young people that we represent. Our children are exceptional. Their parents are exceptional. And we will give you a phenomenal experience working with us. She was like, okay, send me three options. Here's my email address, send them now. Okay, but at this point, I didn't even have any children in my books because I was like still <laughs> developing the business, right? So I was like, okay. So I went through, my, I went through, I went through my diary and I was like looking. I thought, okay, and I got six boys, six girls, friends and family's yeah. children. Then she was looking for boys specifically, so I put the boys, six boys forward, and she selected one of the boys. This was all within the last like hour. And I've then called Virgin Advisor to say, I've got buy-in. Next, I've asked one of our boys to come into a casting for next week. Congratulations, Selma, your business plan's gone through. Great. The next week, the boy went on to the casting. By my surprise, got the job. Oh, my God. And he was now featured in next autumn campaign in the UK and in Japan. So his, his images were featured. Wow. And was your family friend just like, Samuel, I love you? Like, she was like, because the thing is, when I was setting up the business, a lot of my family and friends were like, really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I used to get them weird looks of like, All right hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, or... <laughs> You know, aiming high, you know, like, you know, like I could see it. And there was ones and twos that were like, yeah, go, girl, you do your thing. But then there was this air of, okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. give her a year. 
obviously. Right. Yeah. I, I got that vibe. Yeah. And the parent of the child, she was just like overwhelmed with joy. And I was really humbled and grateful that she was able to trust me. Yeah. Believe me, trust me. We did the license for the child, and everything went forward. She got the child got paid into their bank account. So it was a really beautiful first opening, and, and it's the lady. Next as well. It's next, but I have to Amazing. say the lady who um, her name's Lindsay Hunt, and I wish I could see her to thank her. And if she listens to this, that would be beautiful. That. Because she, she do a shout out. Anyone? Oh man, <laughs> Lindsay Hunt, Lindsay. you're amazing. Um, I will always be thankful and yeah. grateful for her allowing me to talk to her, pitched her on the mm. phone, and um, accept one of our um, suggestions, our young people, mm. for that campaign yeah. because that was a door that she didn't have to open to us, and she did. And Absolutely, but I do think as well that you nailed that pitch as well do you know what I mean she wouldn't have said yes to everyone yeah but that you take credit as well for the fact that you have a great idea and you clearly held your own on that call yes do you know what I yes. mean yes yes that's the thing there's brands out there I remember when um, my sponsor came on board for She Can She Did and it's just having a brand believe in you yes and they're the first one to and yes. you just never will forget that yeah they, I would never forget yeah, that and I guess maybe next don't know what they've done for the agency and for me to allow me to now go forth um, but I'm really very grateful for that. That's amazing. Um, so you, the business plan goes through. Yes. How quickly did things become a business? Do you know what I mean? Like, what were the baby steps? Because so, it must feel a bit different being on a workshop, kind of talking about what you want to do, but then it's kind of like, oh, shit, now I've got to actually do what I've just spent all that time yes. planning. So that was April. Yeah. And then I received the money in May. How much was it? 7000 Okay. And at the time, I was like, oh my God, I should have asked for 25,000. But I didn't. I asked for seven. Um, and that was a random number as well. At the time, I was just thinking, I need a website. I need a series of really great images. Okay, what do I do now? And so each step, it was figuring it out. There was a plan, but the plan hadn't been filled out. So it was like, okay, now I know this money is going to come through. I need to source a photographer. So I then went through and I Google searched top child photographers in the UK. And a list came up for about, I don't know, maybe 15. And I went through each of their websites and each of their websites I was looking for photographers who would be able to shoot black skin as well because when you're lighting like say in theater when you're lighting people the darker your skin different types of lighting is needed um so you can't use one lighting for all and i wanted to see who would be able who does that already Mm. who's great at doing that um because we're going to have our our agencies inclusive of all children but we knew that once we launched we make an influx of black and brown children like mixed children so having a photographer that knew how to light different shades was important i went through all of them and there was like a couple that i thought were amazing and they all said no to me why because they're really the top 
aren't they, of their game. And then I was feeling a bit deflated, thinking, wow, I really want to work with a top photographer. Then a friend of mine, who I hadn't seen for years on Facebook, was like, hi, Selma, I'm seeing what you're doing. You're, and this is, sounds amazing. That I'm a producer in um, Adland, and I do all this stuff, and I have access to so many phenomenal photographers. I was like, oh, my God, amazing. I'm looking for a top child photographer, and I'm really finding it hard. She went, I know a few people. She gave me about a list of six, and she went, tell me if you like any of these people. And then one particular person just shined through. And I was like, Helen Marsden, her work is absolutely beautiful. Can you introduce me? No problem, Selma, I'll introduce you. She introduced me, went to see Helen. And I was like, hi, Helen. And I, she was like, tell me about you. Tell me why you want to work with me. Pitch time. Yes. So I was like, well, <laughs> game, um, on. game on. So the pitch came out and Helen said, do you have a budget? And I said, I have a small budget. Just being accepted for this loan. It's not, I haven't got a lot, but I've got something that I can pay towards photography. And she said, what was you looking for? I said, maybe three pictures of my daughter. I was so scared to really say what I wanted. I was like, but, you know, three pictures of my daughter and, and maybe that would look really great on the website, keeping it small, you know, managing my expectations. And she said, well, um, I'd love to work with you. And I think we can do seven shoots, 12 children in each shoot. We can do it over three days. Yeah, and I've got a great stylist I can introduce you to. I was like, but I haven't got that. I haven't, what you've just described is great, but I haven't got that budget. She went, I believe in you. And what you're doing is actually really incredible. Mm. Let's do this. Literally, that there is what I love about this whole journey because I think nowadays there's such a focus on knowing your worth and always charging for your work and X, Y, Z. And I kind of think, agree, however, in those startup days, you don't have those budgets. Exactly. And you can, you can respect someone's worth so much, but you can't afford them, and like you just need those people to just be like, exactly. actually, money in this matter doesn't matter because I believe in you. And exactly. I think, yeah, people need to remember that sometimes. Yes. So then a week later, um, we met with a stylist that she highly recommends that she's been working with. And this stylist is called Yvadni Davis. And Yvadni styles children, teens, and she's phenomenal. And I was like, well, I haven't got a great budget once again. I can pay you, but I'm happy to support and help with the styling, like whatever jobs you want to give me to help make your load not so heavy. We then, the following month, which was June, we did seven shoots over three days, 12 children in each shoot with their parents, and I produced this on my own. And Helen turned around to me on day two, she said, you're incredible, and I can tell you're a producer because you're just, you're multitasking (laughs) with all these different hats on, and you still look calm. And I was like, that feel it inside, but yeah. Um, So then um, through that process, I realized the value of having a child stylist and why they should be paid a really great fee for whatever they charge. Because ordering clothes and taking clothes back and never again. I I got a snippet into her world and I was like, I don't want to do that ever again. (laughs) You deserve every penny that that you Yeah, it's a lot. And so those stylists, it's a huge job and they do phenomenal work. And for me, by 
stepping into her shoes and experiencing it, I realised that that's not for me, but it's definitely um, every role deserves exactly what they charge. But I do think, though, that it's important that you did try it out. I did try it out, yeah. It's like now you I know. to get your hands dirty. In yes, cases, exactly. You? Like, just figure out what you're willing to outsource. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So then on our last shoot, it was in Kingston. We were in the meadow with the children. The children were running around. No, they weren't running around, first of all. They didn't want to run around because they're, they're all city children and now we're going to run around in the middle of bare feet. And they're like, what? No! <laughs> no! And then um, I played What's the Time, Mr Fox. They forgot now that they were barefoot and they were running, the sun was shining, their afros were glistening and I turned around to look at the parents and and the photographer and stylist and everyone was in tears I was like why are you guys crying like the kids are going to start crying what's going on and they said have a look be happy people yeah and I went behind the screen and had a look and it was magical seeing these children just running having fun in a way that you haven't seen on TV or adverts or on billboards and the photographer said I do shoots like this all the time Selma and I've never seen so many different shades of brown on one set looking so happy and joyful and it's making me realise that actually we are together creating something really beautiful Mm. and meaningful and then I started to feel a bit emotional and I went back into the game because I thought there's no time for emotion right now (laughs) we've got work to be doing Um, and so that's when I realised I had something special and then the following month July my contract was coming to an end at the theatre company and I said to my executive director and artistic director I had made a decision that I'm not going to have a conversation about renewing my contract I'm going to take the leap of faith here's my lookbook I'm ready to take looks like me and go live. And they had a look at the lookbook and they were like, amazing, you'll be great. And I had tears in my eyes and I said, um, before I leave, I've got to say that I feel like I'm on a cliff and I feel like I'm holding my daughter's hand. I'm about to fall off the cliff, not knowing if our parachutes are gonna open. What if they don't open? And they were like, Selma, you're gonna be fine. Like, you're gonna be great and you'll figure it out. Yeah. I was like, yeah, great. So then I left. <laughs> but by the time... Exactly, exactly. But by the time I got home, I had got an email. I received an email from um, the current chairman at that time for Saatchi and Saatchi. And he was like, I've just received your lookbook. And I think it's phenomenal. Please come and meet me in my office. Um, we arranged a date. I went to see him the following month, now August. And he was like, what you've created is, is, is amazing. And I would love to use this as an example in meetings of what we as an industry should be doing and should be thinking about. Mm. And I was like, wow, really? And he was like, yeah, I'll help you with the cell. And I was like, what does that mean? He said, I'll help you with the cell. And I'm like, okay, I thought that's something I need to figure out what that means. And then, um, what does he mean? Yeah, I was like, what does he mean? Uh, He he repeated himself and I was like, okay, so he means that I need to figure figure that one out. Then when I launched the business on the 30th of September 2016, that was like all our social channels and the website was live, he tweeted about us saying that this company is doing amazing things for our children and inclusion and diversity and that allowed the industry to see me. Mm. And a week later I found myself in the office of Mediacom, with Karen Blackett and 
because I don't know this world, right? So I don't know who's who. And I didn't have time to even research who she was because by the time we we had exchanged conversation on email, I had over a thousand children from around the country coming to Tottenham, North London to see me for 10 minutes because their parents wanted their children to be part of this agency. And so I'm on my own. Mm. I'm overwhelmed. I'm nervous, I'm scared, and I'm like, all these people want to be part of this thing, mm. but say the industry doesn't want this. So when I met this lady, Karen, I found out about who she was and listened to her speak, and I realised that she was the chairwoman of Mediacom. And I said to her, would you be open to be my mentor? And her words were, her response was, I am prepared to stand beside you and stay beside you along them lines and I was like wow amazing thank you not realizing how much I needed that even though I asked for that I didn't realize how much I needed that and I said oh yeah by the way would you mind introducing me to three CEOs of different advertising agencies because it'd be great if I can start a conversation with them to see if they're interested in what I'm doing too Mm -hmm. no problem the month later she did what she said and she introduced me I met these different ad agencies they all listened to me they um they all gave me great advice and there was one lady from an agency called BBH and she was a tough cookie, mm. like real tough cookie. Like, you know, she was, she, she meant business. Mm. And, was um, that the first time you'd had someone like that to pitch to? I had never met no one like that before yeah. in my life. Because I guess for right now I'm thinking, gosh, every, every month there's something really yes. good. And was that a bit like, oh crap. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. This was like, yeah, and, and she questioned and she embraced me in a way that made me realise that I still had a lot more work to do. Mm. Um, and that ultimately it's business as yes. well. Like yes, yes, this is business. This, yeah. this isn't this isn't like just like a, they want a passion sell. project. Yeah, this is yeah, this is good. making some making big change, yeah. great change. And am I ready for that? Mm. And then while we were developing and starting that relationship, I then also stumbled upon or was introduced to three phenomenal women creatives in media. And we then became together and launched So White Project. And I was working with this amazing creative called Natalie Gordon. Um, there was Ren and there was Najee Powell. And all together, we became this power team that was going to um, launch the So White in collaboration with the Advertising Diversity Task Force. And they funded us to create this inclusive content on behalf of the ad world and that was amazing and then as soon as we finished that we did Christmas So White, Easter So White, Summer So White and each campaign got more and more inclusive Mm. to where it's just children from all walks of life having fun and just we and we captured that joy and then the lady from BBH Charlie she then got in contact and connected me to somebody else within the production company and then they gave me a brief and that was my first casting well, after the So White, it was my first official casting for a brand. It was Tesco. And I'd cast five families, part of a back-to-school ad. And that was beautiful because another success moment, because we had different families. So we had a white, same-sex family, mm. and we had a black family, kind of young and chic. We had a Filipino family. I'd never seen a Filipino yeah, family yeah, on screen. Yeah. We had blended family. We had a mixed family. We had So we had all these 
different families. Yeah. Some of them were from the local community, some of them were from further afield. One family was from another agency, and so it was us being able to collaborate now with other agencies, represent other children, but also represent a wide range of families that you may not see on screen. And that's a big um, national campaign? Yes. Amazing. And that was beautiful. So that was really beautiful, that back-to-school campaign. And then we did lots of different work. So that then was 2017. Um, the work was coming in, but even if I had one cast in a month that wouldn't um, cover the overheads, right? And so things were slow. And I guess things were slow because we're new. Mm. People want to know, are you here for the longevity? Are you here for the short time? And then I realised, I did some interviews with um, Virgin and they did like Startup of the Week and, you know, I was celebrating in different ways because I would would always email them to let them know, this is what I'm doing now and... And I've just done this, and so I just it's thought it was really important. Like yeah, that. and I thought it was yeah, important for them to know the success of where I see this company going. Yeah. And so, end of 2017, it was a really dark time because I had no money mm. and I couldn't buy Christmas presents for my daughter. I, I did buy her something, I bought her a gingerbread house because she likes, she really loves gingerbread. Yeah. And so, I bought this gingerbread house, and um, I just thought, wow, like, I'm doing something so great. I can't afford to do anything at this time of the year. I hope she'll be happy with the gingerbread house. And on the, on Christmas Day when she opened the gingerbread house, she was so happy. Oh. She was so like I had tears in my eyes, thinking, "Wow, look, you, it doesn't you don't need a yeah, lot yeah, to yeah. make children happy." Yeah. Um, my mum always says that. Like I wasn't allowed many toys growing up, and I remember I've, me and my sister say this to my parents all the time now that. At the time, as a kid, you're like, oh, so-and-so's got this, so-and-so's got that. But now, you know, like, my friends take the mic out of the car I drive because yeah. it's the rustiest car ever. In fact, it died two weeks ago, so I need to get a new one anyway. But I, now I'm not materialistic, and I'm so grateful to them for yes. doing that. And mum always says that in Tesco's, we'd always go along with the weekly shop. And you know how, I don't know if they still do it now, but back in the 90s, they used to have all the cardboard boxes under the tills. Do you remember that? Like, they'd like, pile them up. Yeah. And just in case you needed, like, for, for wine and stuff. Okay. And mum would always ask to take a few items, and then we'd go and, like, build these, like, we'd make trains out of them. And okay. she said that I would enjoy that so much more than other things. Yeah, exactly. Like, kids, like, cooking and gingerbread. That's yeah, right. And so um, I had a moment where I was like, okay, things are hard. Mm. couldn't pay the bills couldn't pay the rent and you're working so hard as I'm well. working so hard yeah. I'm so tired yeah. and I'm drowning because yeah, yeah. I had this thing of like you know having faith and walking mm. on faith water so my saying was I'm walking on faith water yeah. and then I realized that okay well this is getting tough I have no money what am I gonna do it's time of the year where people are closing down and you know not getting jobs at this time of the year or and I saw this saying and it was by Colin Kaepernick and he said um you sacrifice everything for what you believe in or something along them lines and I thought what could I do to really invest in myself and invest in looks like me what what could I do and I thought okay I have no money I'm gonna sell my I'm gonna sell my flat because I had been awarded a live workspace so I had a flat and I thought it's time, it's time to get rid of the flat, it's time to get rid of the car, it's time to invest in myself in a way and invest in this business that I believe so much in. 
And at the time, I was also looking on social media and there was this launch of this new film coming out, Black Panther. And I was so excited by it. And, I, and me and my daughter, I was showing my daughter the poses and the images that they would celebrate and she would be trying to mimic the poses. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking, wow, like, imagine if I was able to create some content to celebrate this film. But with children, it would really inspire so many children. And um, the next day I called the BFI and had a conversation with one of the um, heads. And I just said to them how, I've got this idea and I would love to, in celebration of the film coming, and I know that you guys are doing a preview, could I create some content to celebrate that? And they were like, your idea sounds amazing, send us a proposal. I sent the proposal in within the hour. And they came back saying, brilliant, we love it, we'll contact you in January. And so I then put my flat on the market. And it was interesting, the week in January, it was like the 12th, mm-hmm. I got a call from the BFI saying, hi, we got a proposal, really love it, we'll be in contact within a week to let you know what happens next. But I thought that meant I've got through. Yeah. So I got a team together, I let the team know that I'm, I'm sending my property, I'm going to have the money probably end of next month. They all said, great, got the team, picked the children, and then we were going to do the shoot on the Friday and then I got a call on the Thursday to say, hi, Selma, just to let you know that you've been accepted. I was like, well, that's great, because I'm doing the shoot tomorrow, so it wouldn't <laughs> be the problem. <laughs> exactly. So then um, we did the shoot. Then a week later, the film came out. Our images came out. The images went viral twice. The director of the film, Ryan Kluger, wanted to meet me and thank me for creating such beautiful imagery in light and inspired by his film. And then the day that I was supposed to all had planned to pay all the children and the team, the house sold and I was able to do so. And so, like, for me, this journey has been, there's been so many serendipitous Mm. moments and serendipity is something that I really live by. It's my favourite word as well, like, my life. um, I lost the bracelet I used to have on a little charm. Yeah. I just love it. I just... Exactly. So my life is serendipity. (laughs) Everything is interconnected. And so I was able to pay everyone. And then it went, the the images went viral again. And then you had people like rapper Common and Lupita Nyong'o, who's in the film, celebrating the images and Snoop Doggy Dogg and all these different people. And I was like, oh my God, these images are going everywhere. And then I I was burnt out, Mm. but I was moving on adrenaline. Yeah. And then I realised that I need to just fuel myself. Yeah. And I took a few months out to just be and reflect and plan and just and just be in a quiet zone mm-hmm. because I had used so many so much energy on myself, I didn't have much left. Yeah, I can only imagine. This podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. I want to go back to just when you put the flat on the market. Mm-hmm. What did that feel like in that waiting period before the money came into your bank? Because that's a big risk for a business. But I had nothing. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't making any money. Yeah, yeah. And people were like, don't worry, you've got to have some patience mm. and what have you. But what my thing is, I mastered the art of patience, but with patience comes time, mm. right? You need to have time. Yeah. But with time means money. Mm. And when you have no money, 
and you can't pay your rent and you don't have to pay your bills and you've got a six-year-old child and you've got you've got responsibilities it's like i have no choice no i had a choice and the choice was to invest and be able to continue to do what i want to do and give myself that breathing space and time for this to grow. Because mm. I planted the seed in 2015. Yeah. By 2017, the roots are sprouting, but now it needs a couple of years yeah. before it can blossom into a strong yeah. tree. And so rather than getting another loan, I was like, there's money there. Yeah. It's for the legacy. Mm. And I said to myself, whether looks like me goes on for another five years, 20 years, or not, the success moments within the journey have been worth every penny mm-hmm. because I've put different families, children, and people in places and spaces that they never imagined. They have gained financially the children from that, the company we've gained from that. Everybody has, the, the industry's gained new people, mm-hmm. inclusive families and people being part of their new campaigns. Yeah, every part of it was worth it, yeah. you know? I always think that with um, She Cash Did, I'm like, it's this, yes, I'm not earning what I used to earn, but I'm, yeah. a, I'm, I'm so much more fulfilled than I was in my old job. Yeah. And I'm proud of all those little baby steps, and it's so much effort, isn't it? It can be it so, is. It's so much relentless, effort. but it's worth it. Yeah, and it's hard work, but then to be, when you're in, this, in the moment, in the space where you're creating magic mm-hmm. with a beautiful team and great young people and talent, that feeling, I love it. Mm. I, I, I thrive off it. I, I just want to be around it. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to be around. It's like, it's a great environment to create and be part of. And that's all I want to do. Yeah. And if that's all I want to do, I need to invest in it and make it happen so I can continue to do it. Yeah, so I didn't, think, I didn't think twice about selling it. I, I just couldn't wait for it to sell quick enough, yeah. you know? <laughs> of like financing with the yeah. business how did you work out what cut the agency takes and all of that kind of thing in so, terms of the actual how your business makes money how did you approach that okay so i did things probably the wrong way around where Don't my do- yeah my daughter was a child model and so i knew that most agencies take 37.5 percent mm-hmm. but then also i was really fortunate that People were so inspired by what I did, they would say, you need to talk to my friend, she's a casting director. You need to talk to my friend, she's a child talent agent. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to my friend, she does this. Yeah. So these, it was one person in each different field. Mm-hmm. Someone would connect me with that person and they would, they would say to me, this is how it goes. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Or this is how it goes in this area. Thank you. So people were really generous in giving me the heads up because I had no idea. I didn't know what the landscape was and what the charges were. But it's so important to share your idea and people help you. Exactly. Like you, so if you don't share, no one's going to know. Yeah, exactly. So I believe in speaking it out. Yeah, speak yeah. it out. People are very precious about their ideas, but no one can deliver your idea and execute it the way you can. Yeah, yeah. So and it's even if it's who, who knew you someone. You don't think you've got a network and then suddenly 
the most random connection yeah. leads to something or yeah. six months later you get a call and it's yeah, it's weird how exactly. Yeah. And so people might wonder, oh my gosh, Selma and Claudia Lopez are, are really close. We haven't seen each other since school. Yeah. But Claudia introduced me out of the blue. She went on Facebook, Selma, hi, meet Helen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so Claudia and me have grown and she's given me casting roles and she's given our talent jobs and she's worked closely with us because she believes in us. She mm-hmm. believes in the talent and she wants to see us strive and do better. And the beauty of this, what I've learned, is giving without receiving. And some people don't understand that. Some people like, so I might say, can you help me? And someone's thinking, I can, but can you help me? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I can't help you. Yeah. And I'm being honest, no, I can't help you, but I need your help. Yeah. Oh, I'm not helping you then. You know, I get that sometimes. Yeah. But it's not that I'm not going to help you ever. I can't help you right now. If I'm making a cake, yeah. can I have some of your vinegar, can I have some of your vanilla essence, please? Yeah. But can I eat your cake? No, you can't. Yes. It's not cooked yet. Do you know what I mean? It's that type of understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's been lonely. Mm-hmm. So building the business, it's been really lonely. Where sometimes I don't see friends, I don't see family. Um, obviously, I see my daughter because we live together. You're a but mom. I'm a single mum. Yeah. I see my mum, my mum a lot because um, she re- she's re- she's instrumental in being the best grandma in the world. <laughs> she takes my daughter to the theatre all the time, and they've got their own friendship. Like they're so close, and that's great because it allows me to then work and focus. How do you deal with that loneliness then? Because it is a reality. Okay, so I'm going to be really honest. So when I started the business, I was probably a couple of stone lighter. So it's really deep because the loneliness it comes from a place of there's a lot to be done. Sometimes I have to just focus in and it's like tunnel vision and I've got a target and I have to make meet that target and by any means necessary and it's just get that done. So I miss birthday parties, I've missed funerals, I've, I've missed a lot of things. Mm. And that's a, a sacrifice that I've made and I deal with that in a way of those that understand the bigger picture and know that I'm, I'm creating a foundation that is bigger than myself, I know that they will be around when I lift my head up. Mm. And those that are not there, I have to accept them and they're no longer there. Mm. And that's part of life. I think you touched on something so feel like I can relate to in terms of doing something that's laying a foundation that's bigger than yourself. It's not about you. You're trying to create something, make an impact that's going to last, isn't it? And that can be such a daunting and overwhelming and like you said like lonely because no yeah. one gets actually how the vision in your head like yes. only you fully understand, understand it and that's, yeah yeah and I so take, honestly i take my hat off to you though you're oh, incredible you. genuinely thank you amazing. and i think the people around me who who get it mm. they're also creative individuals so they understand they're either actors or... They, do you know what I mean? They, they have their own aspirations. So they know that to do anything great in life, you have to be disciplined. Mm. And that might mean missing out on great things. But then saying that, it all comes from a place of... So let's just take it back. Thank you for the compliment, but I'm not this super great person. A reason being, I trained as a dancer in, when I was younger... And I went to professional dance school in London and, the, and in America. And so I've got a trained mindset. Mm. So my... Your head's in the game. My head's in the game. Like my head, I know how to focus on something yeah. and, and achieve 
the ultimate goal, if that makes sense. So it's a trained way of thinking. Whether you're an athlete or you're a performer or a dancer, you have to go through that process. If you go through vocational training, it's mm. really tough. Yeah. Um, so even though I don't dance anymore, I've taken those skills to my approach of business. Mm. Plus, when I was 21, I unfortunately was viciously attacked and went through post-traumatic stress disorder. And I used my PTSD as my creative superpower mm. because sometimes I can't sleep at night or, like, triggers... And I use the triggers for good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So rather than I have a trigger and I can't sleep and I don't know, I'm just watching Netflix. Even though I love Netflix, I watch it all the time. You know, I so do you watch it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I watch it all the time. But I mean, sometimes I can be watching Netflix and I'm watching Suits or watching whatever. But then sometimes I'm like, actually, no, I just channel my energy and I'm just doing my work yeah. and it feels so great. Mm. Do you know, like, it's like... Um, that, to me, makes you amazing. Like, it's, you can't, I'm still going to... I'm going to stand by it. But, like, I mean, you have to accept the compliment. Yeah, and I accept the compliment, but do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's a process. It's yeah. a process of the PTSD, the dance training, mm. the young child within who has an aspiration to be phenomenal at something. And yeah. it's all of those layers intertwined makes me who I am. Yeah. And everything I've done in the past has paved the way for me finding my purpose in life. And so I just feel like this is what I should be doing. It feels great. Yeah. It connects and makes people feel great and they love what they do when they're in it. And it's something that can be manifested on a global level, which leads me to moving forward. I have just recently, well, last week I kind of announced that looks like me has just entered a global partnership with Getty Images and we will be commissioned and represented by them and we will be dedicating a platform to female photographers and Oh yeah. my god. Yes! It's the best it's the best news in the That's world. Incredible. Like I can't think of anything bigger and better than to have content that we create um, representing our beautiful, diverse young people within the UK. Did that come about because you went after it? Did they approach you? How did, I mean, obviously it's come about because of all the work you put in leading up to it, but in terms of the actual contact and all of that, was that? So I was at home one day and um, added me in a tweet and there was a campaign that just went on in, was celebrated in Cannes and it's called Hashtag Show Us. And it's all about, it was three major global brands. So you had Getty Images, Dove and Girl Gaze. And they're celebrating women and the lack of positive representation and inclusive and diverse people and stories being told. Mm. And there was a, a woman and a daughter walking and... It was like, you know, imagine this little girl walking and not seeing images that look like her. Like, how would she feel? I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, you know, this is what I've been saying. This is my lived experience. And I'm walking around the kitchen going, oh, my God. Like, you know, thinking, oh, oh hold on. But they need to know that we're here. I'm like, yeah. all these thoughts were going through my head. Um, it was like a million thoughts were going through my brain at one time i had tears i was smiling i was laughing i was like and i was like hold on but how can how can i be i need to get myself in there yeah like how can i be part of the conversation like how's this gonna happen 
and I emailed three people that I um, that I trust and believe in and know that they trust and believe in my work. And one of those people emailed someone that she knew. That was a phenomenal June Sarpong. And her doing that allowed me then to be sitting in the office with this awesome woman, Rebecca, who's the global head for Getty Images. And it was really beautiful that we were talking and we connected in the first, like, second that we met. And we were talking and she was like, you know, I see the work you've done and it's phenomenal. And, you know, it's your time to, like, be connecting with brands and talking to clients and, you know, just letting them know that you're commissioned and represented by a global brand that believes in the work and we can make great things together. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it sounds really great. But because I've been doing this for so long and every day I wake up hoping and praying that this will be the day that someone will recognise all the work that I do mm. and... Um, yeah, sorry. Every day I, I wonder, will this be the day that I will be able to move the business onto the next level with some support, with some help, in collaboration, in partnership? Yeah. So when she was talking to me, I was listening, agreeing, but thinking, yeah, you know, I've been thinking this for the last three years, that yeah. would be great. <laughs> Not knowing in the next breath she would say, well, let's do Good. this. Yeah, yeah. What did that feel like? I remember feeling like, is she serious? Yeah. She's joking. A lot of people tell me a lot of great things and then, like, tumbleweed after. I don't hear nothing, you know? It's just... I was in some... I was somewhat... I felt I was in a trance. Like, someone pressed pause. Mm. And then I went home and I was like, oh, my God, this is a global partnership. Oh, my God, this, this woman looks like me and Getty are going to be working together. Oh my God, commissioned. Oh my God, female photographers. Oh my God, more work for the, more work for the young people. Oh my God, we're going to celebrate kids and teens. Oh my God, this is real. And then um, I was like, no, Selma, calm down. Until you get the email confirmation, until you know exactly the language and what this is, things might change. And then I didn't hear anything for a week. And I didn't hear anything for two weeks. And I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe... Maybe next time. Yeah. And then I got an email saying, love everything. Yes, sorry, I've been busy. And yes, let's do the... I, I, got, the aff- I got the confirmation, affirmation, everything. Yeah. And I was like, yes! Yes, yes, yes. And then I did a... Um, I got asked. I, I, I was with this amazing woman who I am um, a fan of called Ali Hannon. And she runs Creative Equals. It just came about that she opened and created the space that in her keynote speech... For the British Journal of Photography, she allowed me to have a conversation and interview me. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And in that speech, I was able to speak about this partnership, about celebrating female photographers. And there's all these female photographers sitting in front of me. Serendipity again, right? Yeah, yeah. And then um, the global head of Getty was on the panel straight after me. And she was like, love you. I was like, love you. <laughs> Team Getty looks like me, you know? And so, yeah. And I look at that new phase and next stage as a lot of hard work. It's not going to be easy because I've done bits of work and and worked in collaborate partnership with Getty on a small scale. So I know that it's full on, right? But I can't wait to start cooking that cake. I can't wait to start putting the ingredients in. I can't wait to see what comes. I'm ready for it. I need. I'm. I've been been waiting for it, and I can't wait to see what comes out 
from that and beyond. And so for looks like me, it's about representing more talent. It's about um, casting for more brands. Mm -hmm. It's about creating content that um, when people do Google searches and say family holidays, we see lots of different families and lots of different locations doing great things. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. What The possibilities yeah. are, are huge. And I really believe in making the impossible possible. And for female founders out there, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tag, I'm going to shout out Virgin Startup because yeah. it started with £7,000. It started with a phone call. Mm. Actually, it started with me doing an application online, pressing send, yeah. and then calling me. And then receiving that, going through that process, receiving that £7,000, that one penny idea that I had has now, three years later, led to this global partnership. Any females out there that are thinking and considering and have an idea and have a business that they want to start, go for it. Yeah. Go for Virgin Startup. No, because the thing is, the worst that can happen is that you run out of patience mm -hmm. and you say, actually, well, I'm going to go and get a full-time job. That's the worst that can happen. The best that can happen is that people get to experience and hear and engage with your idea. And so um, it's not easy. There'll be many days you'll be eating pasta and pesto. <laughs> yeah? Glass of tap water. It'll be, there's many of those days. Yeah. It's not easy at all. But nothing in life worth having or doing is easy, I suppose. I feel like as well, something I've really noticed about this interview that I really appreciate is that you remember names and you're willing to thank people along the way. Have to. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's, it's easy to overlook as well. Whereas mm -hmm. you've literally, every single contact here, you've basically had a name, I've been picking up on it. Like, it's about looking after the people that help you get get there do you know what I mean because they open the doors yeah, yeah, definitely. they open the doors yeah. and they illuminate my idea yeah it doesn't surprise me that people are willing to help you basically yeah, yeah. because it's like but then it's like my, I have my family so my family mm. so the times when I say I can't pay the bills and I can't pay the rent and I can't the family come because I don't ask them for nothing the family were like okay well there you go because you need to be living yeah. there you go because you need yeah. to be eating yeah. or my friends might say here you go sell my here's 50 pounds buy some shopping yeah. make sure Valian can eat a piece of salmon and some broccoli you know yeah. like some yeah. nutritious food like I have those people around me yeah. and um I'm not afraid to ask if I really need help mm. but if I do ask it's because I really do need help yeah. and because I am so alone those people who don't mind me leaning on their resources because I don't have right now mm. I have to celebrate them because mm. their belief in me allows me to keep on going mm. So, yeah, so that, that's just part of the process. And my daughter, like, people ask me sometimes, oh, how is she? How does she find all of this? Because I've made this... Well, this business has come out of her words. She knows the business inside out. So she comes on set. She wants to be behind the scenes. She wants to be a producer. Then she wants to be an illustrator. Like, I'm like, well, okay. But we've been invited for our first international talk and we fly out on Monday. She's coming and... Where are you going? She, we're going to Denmark. Yeah. And we're hoping to go to Japan and Australia at the end of the year through doing talks. And her best thing in life is, other than slime, <laughs> yeah, she loves slime. Other than slime is um, being on the aeroplane. Yeah. 
being in an aeroplane and looking and testing and reviewing different hotels. Like, she loves that. Like, yeah. it's kind of, I love it too, you know, like, it's like an adventure. Like, every time I go to an airport, it feels like I'm, it's my first time to an airport. Oh, right. I, <laughs> I love being at the airport. Yeah, I love I it. Love being nosy, I just get myself coffee and I kind of tuck myself away. Yeah. And I just love people watching. It's yes. My favorite yes. Like, working out everyone's backstory. Exactly. Exactly. Like, that, when you're in an airport, to me, that's where it's like, God, this world is huge. Yes. And everyone's got their different destinations. Exactly. Just, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. So I'm, I'm one of those people. So it's going to be interesting because when we do the talk on Monday, there's going to be about 500 people in the room and she will hear for the first time on that scale how her three words have changed me, the way I think, the way I look at life and now why I push forward this business even though we're not a charity or it has a real social enterprise mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. and the impact it's having and why it's important that we are in the room. And so it'll be interesting that evening to hear how she feels hearing that mm-hmm. and just, yeah, what she... I think you're a pretty cool mum. You know, I think I'm pretty cool as well, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. I am, I, 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 I am, I am, we have, cool. we have no, we have no, being a single mum is not easy, but... Being a single mum, you can have your own rules. Mm. So sometimes we do adventurous things, like say it's a summer's day and you're getting ready for bed usually around seven o'clock. And you know, some days I say, let's just go on the train and go to Selfridges and get an ice cream. And yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and people are looking at me on the train like at nine o'clock coming back home, thinking, why is that child out yeah, so late? Yeah, but like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's like we I live on the edge. We just have fun because it's like. Sometimes I'm working hard and I don't get a chance to read her story to bed because I'm writing this something that needs to be done for tomorrow. Or But she's a high achiever at school and, like, she hasn't... that She's not slipping and because I know that, actually, if she needs help with something, she'll ask me. We find our way. And then sometimes we have days where I'm like, she's like, can you just get off the computer? And I'm like, OK, and we're just dancing, just yeah. dancing to music, having fun and laughing and you know and and you can be like put the park the business and just park the business and just be mum and just be Selma or she loves it when I don't go out that often I need to go out more but when I do go out and I get dressed up she's like wow mum you look amazing go and have fun she really likes it to see me take time for myself which I don't do that often and I guess you know moving forward maybe I could do that more often and you know, yeah, be a bit more social. Yeah. Um, the highlights of being a uh, mum, daughter, founder, producer, she's a producer, um, is that we work really, really hard. She is part of everything that I do. So I ask her for her ideas about colours and lots of things that I do, I put by her first. And she will be like, no, I don't like that. Like, but she's a child, so actually what I do has to resonate with other children. So it's important that she is part of that. But then when we work really, really hard and we're able to save and go on holiday, it's like that's the highlight. So I say to her, if we work really hard, maybe next year we can really save bit, bit, bit each month and then go somewhere really nice. And then that's what we... So last year we worked really hard and then we went to South Africa a couple of months ago and she was on Table Mountain and it's like we're by the Atlantic Ocean and... 
we had this storytelling of Nelson Mandela and who is he and what does that mean? And, you know, so it's like we have all these conversations and then she's able to go to school out in South Africa and realise that schools in South Africa are just as great as schools in London. And, you know, that school we went to in South Africa, it was interesting because I didn't know what the school was going to be like. And it was in Cape Town in a place called Kensington. And when we got there and she did the class, she did a maths class with the, with the children and the children all came from the township. So they all looked like her and just, everyone just blended. Mm-hmm. And she had the most amazing experience and where she had these preconceived ideas of what it's like in Africa, what's it, what it's like in a school in Africa. Mm-hmm. She's realised, oh my gosh, in, in schools in Africa, the, the children are just as, if not more, intelligent, creative. Mm-hmm. It was really, really beautiful. Yeah. She understands the... She's only seven, mm-hmm. but she does understand that when we work hard, we're able to play hard and do great things, yeah. but um, it does take a lot of time, you know? It so come It doesn't come overnight. Yeah. And so she doesn't, she doesn't... She knows if she asks for something, it takes time mm-hmm. for that thing and to be given. Yeah, enough, yeah, and you know, it's just, I guess, what I'm doing through the business is also pouring into her an entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. of, like, you can be whoever you want to be and make yeah. things happen. You can and you will. You can and you will. <laughs> See, or, did yeah, she did. She, 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 yeah, she said it, she did. Yeah, you know, so it's like, um, yeah, so that's how we, that's how we live and, um, I enjoy it. No, that's so good. Rounding up, yeah. I'm, I basically end, I'm not being um, antisocial, I'm just getting some statements up. I end every podcast with a few statements, which I should probably know off by heart by now, but yes. I don't. Um, so I'm going to start the sentence, Sam, and I'd like you to finish it. Please. That's fine. So, number one, being my own boss means... I'm able to make the impossible possible. I love that. It's so true. You hold the reins, don't you? And yes. I always think that with a business. If you don't enjoy, sometimes your business can feel like your boss. If you don't enjoy something, it's like checking back in and being like, hang on, this is what did I create this for? Exactly. Sack that up. Let's keep doing what I Yeah, want exactly. When it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to breathe, be still, be silent, and allow time for that creativity to come back into mm. place because it always will yeah. sometimes we have too much noise going on mm. we've got to be still and silent and just meditate on it yeah. and it will resurface love that if i could go back to day one of my business i'll tell myself you got this yeah. <laughs> you've got this yeah um if i had to describe myself as a businesswoman i'd say that i'm i'm a phenomenal human being oh, i love that yeah. Yeah. And very lastly, I want my legacy to be that. Be the change you want to see in the world and raise the profile and represent those th- those stories, those people that are unheard and unseen. Yeah. Let's celebrate each other. That's the legacy. Celebrating each other. I feel like you're already on your way. You're already doing it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to She Can, She Did. If you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes to give the She Can, She Did series a little boost and help others to find it. You can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can, She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners. 
featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important GNTs in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there.